Hey friends, welcome back. In this episode, we are talking about the power of vulnerability. I had the idea for this episode many, many weeks ago. And I remember thinking, I should write this or record this right away so I can speak from the moment. The thought of that, of sharing how I was really feeling in the moment, scared the shit out of me. And so what did I do? I avoided it, like the plague. I found all these other things I needed to do first. I had to finish the intuitive eating series. I needed to get my marketing efforts squared away for the workshops and the five-day challenge this month. I needed to focus on providing quality care for my clients. I needed to finish the book I was reading. Then that book turned into another book, which turned into another book. Side note, I've read likely six books since I had the idea for this episode. Well... Here it is, a week before this is supposed to go live for all of you, and I'm finally writing it. And here it is two days before it's supposed to go live, and I'm just not recording it. So why was I so afraid of producing this episode? Because being vulnerable, as powerful as it is, is shit your pants scary for most of us. Looking at myself, this seems odd. I'm really great at being vulnerable. I'm great at holding space while others are vulnerable. But every now and then, I want to poke my head in the sand and pretend the world doesn't exist. I also wasn't sure what I was going to say or how the episode would flow. Did I want to share some of my deepest, innermost thoughts and feelings with complete strangers? How would my friends and family who listen to this react? Maybe it's better just to stick to Brene Brown's work on vulnerability. Well, then why even do this episode? Just tell my listeners to listen to Brene Brown's TED Talk. You see, the thoughts kept coming. And they kept me from doing something I knew I had the power to change my life and potentially yours. So here I am. I've worked through those thoughts and feelings. I've practiced intentional thoughts to get me to a point where I'm writing this and now recording it. Back in July, while I was in Colorado, my aunt passed away. We weren't close. And death always affects us, sometimes in ways we don't even see coming. Over the last six months or so, her son, my cousin, and I began talking more and bonding over a shared love of the outdoors and hiking. He had let me know she was declining, and I had reminded him I'm here if and when he needs anything. My cousin sent a message when his mother passed away, and I shared my condolences, asking him to let me know when the services were. Several other family members messaged to let me know about her death, and I appreciate being kept in the loop. Fast forward a few weeks. I'm laying in bed on a Thursday night, And I see an uncle post a picture of his sons at my aunt's service. The thoughts started rolling. Oh, I missed it. Did I miss a message with the details? No. Hmm. Why wasn't I invited? Wow. Does my family really not like me that much? No, that can't be true. They probably just forgot to tell you. Or they assumed someone else had already told you. Whether intentionally not invited or not invited because of being forgotten... It hurt. A lot. And it brought up all the other times I was excluded intentionally or unintentionally. During this time, I also recently left my birthplace, my papa, my best friend since sixth grade, and I hadn't seen either of my sisters while in Colorado. I had also been distant from my good friends in Iowa. You know how life gets busy, especially when you're traveling. Needless to say, there were a lot of thoughts and emotions going on for me and I was spending more time focusing on all of the things wrong in my life. Remember what I've said before? 
what we focus on, we get more of. So I continued to feel down and that people didn't really like me that much. I grew up in Colorado while my extended family was in the Midwest. I got to see them once a year, if that, maybe even every other year. I didn't build close relationships with any of my cousins as a child, and as an adult, it's been difficult. Rationally, I know they care, and, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I think this worsened when my parents passed away, though. One of the aunts or uncles would keep in touch with mom or dad, and I'd eventually hear about things from one of them. But with them gone, I'm often the last to know about things in the family. It was natural when I saw the family together without me that it brought up all the old stuff, and I feel no shame in sharing that. I worked through my reactions to this and decided I had two options. Let it go, and likely be bothered by it again, because that's what I usually do, or say something. Now, I empathize with my cousin. His mother just passed away. When my mom passed away, I wasn't thinking straight, and I wouldn't have thought to invite most people to her services. I didn't want to say anything that would make my cousin feel even worse, so I decided to stay quiet, at least for the time being. But you see what I'm doing there? I'm playing the good girl again. I'm accepting responsibility for other people's thoughts and feelings. I chose not to say something to my cousin or my other family members because I didn't want them to feel bad. I was essentially saying, my feelings are less important than theirs. This didn't sit well with me. So I thought and thought and thought some more about how to approach the conversation with him. Around that time, my cousin, the one whose mother had just passed away, reached out, sharing his excitement about an upcoming backpacking trip he was taking. From the tone of the message, I could tell he wasn't mad at me, or didn't like me, and that's why I wasn't invited to the services. So I decided to be brave. I decided I was going to say something to him. And you know what happened? Magic. Magic happened. I didn't die. I wasn't scorned or sent to the dungeons. None of that. There was some overthinking, and typing and retyping how to say things, but when it was all out there, and I couldn't take it back, that's when the magic happened. My cousin, bless his heart, is such an amazing person. And I don't think he could have responded any better to help me feel loved and accepted in that moment. We have a deeper understanding of each other and have plans to continue building our relationship. Which is exactly what I was looking for. Would this have happened if I had stayed quiet about my experience and my feelings? Maybe, but probably not. Because if I had stayed quiet... I would have also stayed protected and reserved. And while I wouldn't have said anything out loud, he would have picked up on my aloofness and likely backed off. Looking at this pattern, I can see how it has played out previously in my life and the lives of those around me. Thinking back to my grad school years, I'm reminded of a dear friend telling me how intimidating I was because I appeared perfect. I remember being astounded when she shared this with me because that's far from the truth. But it was how I wanted to appear so that people would like me. Unfortunately, the opposite was happening. By appearing perfect, by not showing vulnerability, I was actually pushing people away. Here's another example. As I said before, I grew up away from my extended family. Seeing them once a year, if that. When I moved to the Midwest, it made it easier to see them and attend family gatherings, which was great. However, I was still wrapped up in my own head and thinking they viewed me as I saw myself, flawed and not good enough. So each time we'd get together, I'd have all these thoughts about how I wasn't able to connect with them or how I needed to present myself in a certain way so that it would be good enough for them. 
again, the opposite thing of what I wanted to happen, actually happened. I wanted to be accepted and loved, but because I was so wrapped up in my own head, I was sending out the I'm not approachable vibe, which who wants to hang out with that? Have you ever been in a situation like this before? Did you share with someone how you were feeling or thinking? Or did you assume they wouldn't care and just let it go? I think there's definitely a time and place for letting shit go. I think we hold on to a lot more than we need to. And I think we often hold on to the stuff we should let go. And let go of some of the stuff we should hold on to. I love Brene Brown. And if you haven't listened to her TED Talk, I think it's highly beneficial. I will include a link to it in the show notes. Brene has a lot of wisdom to share on the concepts of shame and vulnerability. And I want to share some of that wisdom with you in hopes it teaches you how to increase your vulnerability and decrease your shame. The first thing that jumps out to me is the shame cannot live in the light. Whether that's shame around your eating, body, or anything else. When we shed light into those dark spaces, the shame starts to dissipate. I'm also reminded of a favorite quote by Albus Dumbledore. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times, if one only remembers to turn on the light. The light is there, friend, waiting to be turned on. And if you need some help, if you need some help finding the switch, reach out to me or a close and trusted friend if I'm still some random stranger on the internet to you. Another good one to start with is when you belong with yourself, you belong everywhere. I think a lot of you listening to this have parts of yourself that you dislike or that you think are not good enough. When we are our own worst enemy, we will forever be searching for where we belong. My hope in the work that I do with my clients and with this podcast is that you can start to like yourself, have some compassion for yourself, and reconnect with yourself so that you can belong everywhere. Speaking of belonging, let's go further with this. I often hear a tit for tat when it comes to relationships. Something like, well, I'm there for her because I want her to be there for me when I need it. This attaches judgment to giving and receiving help. Renee said it beautifully when she said, until we can receive with an open heart, we're never really giving with an open heart. When we attach judgment to receiving help, we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help. If we stay on this tit-for-tat relationship piece, we're always performing in an effort to receive something. Or we hold off on receiving something because we don't want to owe others. Brene also said, One of the greatest barriers to connection is the cultural importance we place on going it alone. Somehow we've come to equate success with not needing anyone. Many of us are willing to extend a helping hand, but we're very reluctant to reach out for help when we need it ourselves. It's as if we've divided the world into those who offer help and those who need help. And the truth is, we're both. We need help, and we can offer help, without judgment. This is how deep, meaningful relationships are strengthened. This is something I struggled with. I always wanted to be the one helping. Hence why I chose to be a counselor. It went hand in hand with my need to be perfect, or at least look perfect, because I knew on the inside I was nowhere near perfect. If I needed help, I wasn't perfect, or it would crack my facade and people would be able to see all the other flaws I was keeping hidden. Speaking of being perfect, Brene shares this little nugget. 
it's always helpful to remember that when perfectionism is driving, shame is riding shotgun. Perfectionism is not healthy striving. It is not asking, how can I be my best self? Instead, it's asking, what will people think? The power of being vulnerable allows me to eject shame from the passenger seat. I started by focusing on what my best self was, while also giving myself grace. Same days my best self is a badass Mulan fighting the Hun. And some days my best self is Sleeping Beauty or Snow White laying in bed. Most days, my best self is somewhere in between. When I stopped asking, what will people think of me? I started to do some awesome shit, including being on the 15th episode of this podcast. Letting go of the thought, what will they think, allowed me to show up as me. And if you don't like it, well, then why are you still listening, following me, looking at me, etc.? Seriously, though, our lives are so short. Why are we spending so much time doing things that don't bring us happiness? Without being vulnerable, we will never truly live. We'll never fully experience life and all that it has to offer. We cannot selectively numb out, because when we numb ourselves to the uncomfortableness of pain, we also numb ourselves to the experiences of joy and love and all the other pleasant emotions and experiences. The power of vulnerability lies in that vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It is the source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. If we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. But here's my warning label. This message isn't meant for you to go tearing off your figurative clothes and burying your soul to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. No, 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 no. It is not safe to be vulnerable with everyone. And by thinking this, you set yourself up for more pain. The key, especially when you're new to being vulnerable, is to find people whom you trust and slowly increase your vulnerability with them. Brene says, if we can share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Friend, you deserve to have your story listened to with empathy and understanding whether that's from a counselor, a friend, or a loved one. Find someone you can trust and go slow. Vulnerability could look like sending me an email and letting me know how you're doing. It could be calling a friend and saying, hey, I just need someone to sit with me. Take your time building that trust with yourself and with your loved ones. And before you know it, you'll be a courageous, vulnerable queen. I hope this helps in some way, or in the very least, lead you to seeing where you're protecting yourself from being vulnerable. And even though we might have never met, the good in me sees the good in you. Until next time, be well, my friend.